Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Middle of the Row, the podcast. This week, we are discussing another 1999 movie, another flashback picked by me. I don't know. I did some poor scheduling, and I think it was actually, I think everybody, I was underweighted for the uh, back half of the year. That's why I'm doing so many right lately. Yeah, I picked Spike Jones's Being John Malkovich. Uh, this was still remains one of my favorite movies from 1999. Uh, it was nominated for a few Academy Awards. I think I read it was the only movie that year to get nominated for Best Director, but not Best Picture. Yep, it was that weird thing that they yeah they that happens. I mean, it still happens. Doesn't happen as much when there's ten movies now or up to ten movies. But back in the day, the their, the director's branch would always be kind of they'd always sneak a fifth guy or girl nope it was probably a guy uh in there to um that wasn't nominated for best picture and i think spike jones was rightfully nominated for best director here uh, the guy has a vision and i think you also have to give a lot of credit to charlie kaufman's script which is as we uh re- I, last year we reviewed synecdoche new york as a flashback which was his directorial debut but i think you can see how these two movies are from the same brain i believe the other nomination was katherine keener was nominated for best supporting actress for this movie i don't remember how i came across this is one i've still never seen in theaters i don't think i've even seen a rep screening of it come across my plate because i would love to see this with the crowd but and i'm looking forward to talking to about it with you guys because i don't know the last time i had seen this movie I hadn't marked it as a rewatch, a movie I'd, like, have you noticed on Letterboxd, you, like, when you do the rewatch thing, you can tag it as this was a rewatch, and it will automatically do it if you've already logged the movie, like, actually logged the movie, not uploaded your, so I uploaded all my IMDb stuff, so I have a lot of scores in in Letterboxd, but if you've logged the movie before, it will automatically do the rewatch thing. What I'm saying is I haven't had a rewatch since Letterboxd has been around, which has almost been five plus years, I think, at this point. I don't know. So it had been a while since I saw it. Been a while. <laughs> been a while. <laughs> I remember, I, I still think the movie is hilarious and funny, but this movie just felt even way more sad this time around. Yeah, I. this is a movie, obviously I picked it, I loved it, I think it's... There's nothing like it, to say the least, <laughs> out there. That's for sure. And, um, yeah, Ben had never seen it before, and Lauren had been a while since she saw it. Been a while. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott Ackerman, calm down over there. I um, can't help it. They do it on Critical Role, so it's gotten me in the habit. Oh, man, John would, John would be so happy to hear you doing that. Gosh, I'm still so mad he's not here to talk about a movie that mentions Genghis Khan, his favorite person. <laughs> Um, who wants to go first for the other opinions on this one? I guess I'll go. Okay. Like, like what you said it was sadder this time. Like, watching this, I was like, I don't remember thinking of this as a horror film the last time I watched this. Oh, yeah. But now it definitely feels that way. <laughs> it's, like, super depressing. And I love the comparisons that have been drawn to Get Out. Mm-hmm. Which a lot of people <laughs> had this theory that like Catherine Keener's playing the same character or something, <laughs> oh, which is pretty brutal. great. I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't either until I read about it online. But I was like, oh, that's great. But it's like 
Um, I'll say like we talked when we talked about Synecdoche, that movie just wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. In this one, I will say I definitely like. I think I said last week though, my uh, rating from a decade, probably a decade ago, on IMDb was like eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. I don't think I would rate it that high this time, but mm-hmm. I still I still enjoyed it. I'd probably give it on Letterbox like three and a half out of five, probably. Um, it was still, it starts out rough. There's just a lot of like inappropriate workplace banter, <laughs> which is never fun. And um, yeah, but like, I still enjoyed it. And like, uh, it just made me so sad that like I, we've mentioned before, I'm just so sad that Cameron Diaz is not working as an actress anymore because mm-hmm. she's so good in this movie. It took me like half an hour to realize that that was her. <laughs> That's crazy to me. But like I was <laughs> just reading like, stuff where it's like, like people on hair, set you know like people on set knowing they were working with her didn't even realize it was her, which is crazy to me. Oh now I feel but, a little better. Yeah, but it's like the only one problem I had with this, which is just again like something that you think more about now, is like it's kind of rapey. It, not kind of, it is rapey. <laughs> it's like You mean John Markovich getting raped? Well, him in like just the, in general, people not him. knowing who they're having sex with, yeah. like Catherine Keener's character not knowing that John Cusack's having sex mm-hmm. with her. Yeah, it's just it's very uncomfortable in ways like that. <laughs> but in other aspects of it, it's both hilarious and super depressing. <laughs> also, the I don't I don't know if like the trans idea was something. Oh that, yeah, for that sure. He was really thinking about when he wrote this movie, but. It feels so progressive, especially. Yeah, but for at the same time, it ago. does promote the idea that gender and sexuality are related. Yeah, yeah. So it's progressive, but still a mm-hmm. little dated in its thought process. And it does kind of play. Although, a lot who of... knows? Maybe before this movie, Cameron Diaz always was attracted to women. We just don't know that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To just give it kind of like you know, good good try. Yeah, I mean, it it does play a lot of it for humor too, like like suck my dick when. Yeah. Diaz, you know stuff like that yeah that that was a line but like i love the scene there was a scene between cameron diaz john cusack and um catherine keener on the couch where they're all just or like at the table even <laughs> yeah. where they're all just like trying to not one-up each well actually they were oh, trying they, to one-up yeah, each the, other the at one point and she's just like i could show yeah. you my i could show my can or chimpanzee <laughs> to him or to you later blah blah, blah. but it was just so ridiculous <laughs> that i definitely loved those moments <laughs> Yeah, that was their... I think that right. chimpanzee could have been fleshed out more. I want to know yeah. more about his dramatic Oh my gosh, his flashback. <laughs> <laughs> the line was, after dinner, I'll introduce you to my chimp, Elijah. He, he has an ulcer right now due to suppressed childhood trauma. And then we actually get to see that trauma. It's it is so, so ridiculous. It's so amazing. <laughs> I would have been terrified to have been locked in a cage with a chimp, just FYI. Because they can turn on a dime. I would have been terrified to have been locked in a cage at all. Well, that's true. But I was also worried for the dog. There's one scene where you see the chimps, like, grabbing its leg. It's like, someone protect the dog. (laughs) When they're making dinner, yeah. I love that Cusack, they subverted, like, Cusack's always kind of, like, a sad sack dude, but then he's also, like, secretly, like, kind of super charming underneath. At least Mm -hmm. that was, like, his 80s, 90s vibe. Nope. (laughs) Nope. He's, like, a super sad sack, and then he's creepy, like, Yeah, just, like, an awful human being. I thought he had a really good performance. And then Mm -hmm. watching, like, John Malkovich doing an impression of John Cusack's character. Oh, that he's so good. I can't believe Malkovich did not get nominated for this. Like He didn't even want to do this movie at first. Yeah. 
Like, one of the options was going to be, like, being Tom Cruise. Being Can you Tom- imagine oh this God. movie as Tom Cruise? Oh like, I would love to see that. I also love John Malkovich in this. He would have had Eyes Wide Shut this and Magnolia. He was probably just too busy. I know. Well, he was he was shooting Eyes Wide Shut for a whole year, so that might have gotten yeah. in the way. So that would have been something else. Just before I jump to Ben, the Malkovich, like you said, the post. Well, I love his, like, his performance of Malkovich when he's just being himself as, like, this quiet, soft-spoken mm-hmm. guy. And then, like you said, his his impression of being Craig inside Malkovich... And then he deserved, if he was in just the Malkovich Malkovich scene, like <laughs> he deserved an Oscar just for that scene. <laughs> he deserves an Oscar for getting, taking a half empty can of beer to the back of the head. Oh my God, what a great moment. And Malkovich, that's, how would they even know it's him? That's so they great. wouldn't, yeah. but it was still hilarious. Brenda Mine was talking to me about this. I haven't confirmed it, but apparently that scene was mm-hmm. real. Like people oh, were it just was. driving by on the highway. Like, oh, they suck. knew they were shooting the move. And they just oh, no. Threw, it like, was the guy who pegged him, I think, was actually, like, John Cusack's, like, assistant or writing par- someone's writing partner or someone. <laughs> it was someone involved with the movie. <laughs> that's even better. Oh, that's so good. Ben, as the Malkovich newcomer, what did you... We got a little preview of your thoughts as you were watching this movie. The so, most you've uh, ever texted my, in the middle of a movie my, before, I think. My, yeah, your letterbox review is just like, what? <laughs> which, is, which is basically sums up my feelings of this movie. <laughs> what? Um, because, like, they're going inside John Malkovich's head. What? There's a chimpanzee with PTSD. What? Like, the fuck is going on? But, I mean... I was able to roll with it. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. There's a half floor, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so weird. And like the video, the video of that, like oh my god, so good. And then Keeter's just like, yeah, it's bullshit. It's like <laughs> okay, <laughs> but I I really didn't like the ending. The ending really hurt for me. In what way? Well, I understand John Cusack being punished. Like that mm-hmm. totally makes sense because he was being a shitty guy. Mm-hmm. But I also think Catherine Keener, Cameron Diaz, and that whole room of people should also have been punished. Mm-hmm. For abusing, yeah, it's very, it's very <laughs> sad to think of what same... Emily's future is going to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, so they're all awful people. But why is John Malkovich, or uh, Cusack, the only person who's like punished in such a horrific way? I'd love to see the sequel where... Um, Lottie and uh, Maxine have to tell Emily, try to stop John, quote, air quote, John Malkovich and Charlie Sheen from getting in her head and taking over her well, body. So, like, they wouldn't even know it would be her, would they? Like, is it lineage? I can't remember. Or is it just random people? I think it could be random. They didn't, yeah, they didn't get in it specifically. But Lester does, no, wait, Lester mentions when he tries, when Lottie tries to kill Maxine. Lester does say you can't kill her. She's carrying the next vessel. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So, so they, they could aware. know. Yeah. yeah. I think, I mean, there's a lot of sadness before it. and But I remember feeling depressed last time I saw it, too, with the ending of that movie. And the music, too. Carter Burwell's score in that moment is so sad. It's, it's like, like oh. and I'm okay with, like, sad endings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like, this felt uneven. And it also felt like this movie is so bizarre mm-hmm. and endearing. It's like... Why couldn't it just end on, like, a positive note, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
I was enjoying myself, enjoying myself, and then now because I'm it was sad. a horror film. <laughs> yeah, I would say yeah. Charlie Kaufman. Well, he's actually making a horror movie for Netflix that comes out next year. Do you think they'll never take like flash photography of the daughter? Because then Cusack will kill them both. What? Because that's isn't that how they get freed and get out? They just do like oh uh, my god, <laughs> right? She'll just have that momentary lapse, and she's like, and just kill them both, you know. Kaufman is not one to have happy. I mean, Eternals. Have you seen? I know Lauren's seen Eternal Sunshine. Ben, have you? No, seen... No, I haven't. What? I have not seen it. Lauren, you talk, Lauren you're has talking not seen like Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I assume, yeah, right? yeah. I Lauren, seen until that you saw Jaws this past year, <laughs> Lauren hadn't seen like three of my top five movies. I don't think. Um, well, I'm not a big Jim Carrey fan. He, it's his best movie, and he's so different in it. It's not like yeah. zany Jim Carrey. And you it's should watch been it. like at the top of my list forever, yeah. but I just haven't gotten. To you it. should watch it for Kate Winslet. She's the best in it. Uh, and it's got That's a great true. Elijah Wood performance and Kirsten Dunst performance and Mark Ruffalo being... I feel like goofy. I watched a random scene of Mark Ruffalo in it and that's all I've seen. Dancing in his underwear? I see what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all of that's Kaufman. my John moment. <laughs> Synecdoche, uh, New York, uh, Anom- Anomalisa, his stop motion movie that came out a few years ago. All of his movies have these weird, sad non-triumphant endings to them and um yeah uh, i can't think of what the ending for oh adaptation does not have (laughs) adaptation has a very similar melancholy uh ending it's the most uplifting of them i would say but so have you guys seen adaptation by the way i thought Uh, i had but it's like i don't think i have meryl streep and chris cooper no i don't think i have okay so that movie's premise, this, they show, they recreate, like, Cusack and um, Catherine Keener are in that movie because it takes place while Charlie Coffin is making this movie because he wrote himself into the adaptation script because it becomes about him not being able to write the script for this New Yorker article he's supposed to. So you get to see, there's a couple scenes that take place on the Being John Malkovich set. And you see Cusack walking around and people, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's a it's a great little, it's another fantastic Coffin script. And Spike Jones is a, another great directorial effort. Um, but I would highly recommend that. But, you know, Ben, you should be happy. The last Spike Jones movie you watched, you walked out of it where the wild things are. Yeah. <laughs> or I, like I kind of wanted to kill myself halfway through it. Yeah, no. I wanted like a happy childhood story and instead I was dead inside and I just was like fuck this I'm going home maybe I should give it a rewatch who knows yeah, so what's was- impossible to look through um, Spike Jones's IMDB page as a director because it's so riddled with short films and whatnot mm-hmm. that and I can't just- find his feature length movies just looking through this like, so I don't film. know how many of his movies I've seen. It's her, Where the Wild Things Are, I adaptation, and this. Okay, so I've seen no other of his I movies. Should, I should see her. You've never seen I her? I need to. It's oh another God. top of the list for oh, me. Oh my yeah. God, her so good. <laughs> yeah, but that's the problem. As soon as everyone says something so good, I'm just like, well, now it's not going to be that great for me, so I don't yeah, watch it. it I, I would really like to... I wonder what your reaction to Joaquin... He's not like an awful character, but I, I really wonder if Joaquin Phoenix will hold the movie for you. But mm-hmm. 
Scarlett Johansson's AI is just delightful throughout, so <laughs> we're distracted. Ben, what was the weirdest part of this movie? Yes. <laughs> Lauren, do you have a pick? Um, no, but like just the opening of the puppet show definitely threw me off at first. Cause like, what is? Oh this? yeah. And then I just got so wrapped up trying to figure out how someone could puppeteer a puppet to do backflips and somersaults and stuff. <laughs> it's like, like I want to see the hands work when, for that. When it opened with the puppets, I was like, oh no, is this going <laughs> to be just like super artsy and like up in the air? Oh no! <laughs> and then it was super fucking weird and kind of right up my alley for the most part. It's I did love the layering of locations for when um, Catherine Keener and. Cameron Diaz are going through John Malkovich's subconscious. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really yeah. done really well. Mm-hmm. Although those kids need to be way more clever than Malkopy. It's like, come on. <laughs> Malka Continent is right there. <laughs> <laughs> or Malcontinent. That's kill ben. I failed my own joke. <laughs> <laughs> we all knew where you were going. Oh, thank you. Yeah, like all that stuff is still funny to, the thing that i still probably laughed are every time someone got thrown out on the new jersey turnpike i still laugh every time yeah that it's happens. like put a mattress down <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what kind of business are these guys running back alley business <laughs> one thing i would actually disagree with you on zach pretty hard like you were saying like the best scene like like one of the, the malkovich malkovich yeah i don't think that's as great because i mean it's like granted it's funny Mm-hmm. But a lot, it's just, it's the scene itself. It's not his performance. It's just, yeah. there's a bunch yeah, of... Yeah, I, no, I, 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 I see where you're coming I, from. Yeah, I would argue that the best, like, the best performance in the movie is, uh, I would say, Diaz. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought she was Oh, yeah, fantastic. I, I, I could definitely agree. I, I think her or Keener yeah, are, and I mean, are both fantastic. It's not like there are any weak links, and I'm not saying, like, mm-hmm. Mal- Malkovich is far from bad. Like, he's great. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the chimpanzee was also terrific. Um, but yeah i just man this movie's so fucking weird i don't like would you watch it again is this a movie you're gonna tell somebody have you seen this and if not you should well i was talking to my brother about it uh Uh over labor day you know barbecue thing and he's just like no i haven't seen it but i've heard it's like really weird and i'm like yeah yeah it uh it is (laughs) you should probably give it a watch at some point i guess and he's like, How, did you like it? Uh, at that point, I didn't really know. It's like, I was just, <laughs> the more I thought about it, it's like, yeah, this is, I mean, there's nothing else like it, you know? Mm-hmm. You could say it's an original, like, there are original movies, and then there's P. John Malkovich. <laughs> like, if you think <laughs> there's nothing like this, you want to hear what the original script description was sure. on IMDb's trivia? Do it up. <laughs> It says, instead of Craig making Malkovich a famous puppeteer, in the original script, he announced to the world that he was the master puppeteer and Malkovich is his puppet. He does a one-man show in Las Vegas. Mr. Flimmer is actually the devil and tries to convince Craig to get out of Malkovich's mind so that he and his group can take over the world. When Craig and the Great Mantini, the world's best puppeteer, challenge each other, Flimmer controls the Great Mantini's Harry S. Truman puppet, which culminates in Flimmer raising the real Truman from the grave to tell the audience to vote for Mantini. A defeated Craig leaves the vessel, and Flimmer and company take over the Malkovich, or take over as Malkovich, and have him rule the world. Craig and Lottie reunite, but it's revealed that the Great Mantini is controlling him, and Flimmer is controlling the Great Mantini, and when Flimmer laughs, his throat looks like a tunnel to the vessel that goes into Malkovich. <laughs> Remake! 
Remake! I think they settled on a better ending. That is insane, but is not at all surprising coming from no. the mind of Charlie Kaufman. Like, you could film that movie and it would be completely different to yeah. this movie. And I would love to see it. Yeah, I think what's interesting, the tone of the movie, I think it becomes its most comedic when, basically when Malkovich, and, well, maybe it's a little still, I think when maybe uh, Craig first starts breaking through and controlling her, I think him, the the movie does veer its furthest into being a comedy. And I think that's also just thanks to Malkovich's performance. But I always, the ending always comes along a lot faster than I remember in this movie. And that jump to the pretty semi-serious finale is, even though it has, there's always, there's rarely a scene that doesn't have a great line in it. I The tone of, the, I, I, just how depressing that first 25, 30 minutes of the movie is. Even if there is all this weird imagery, which is why I'm kind of envious of Ben that he gets to experience this movie for the first time and just be like, so all that sadness is kind of covered up by what? Yeah. And like... what? <laughs> and what? <laughs> I said when or when the uh, <clears throat> when the Malkovich Malkovich scene popped up, I just sent Zach a gif of Ron Swanson. My first question is, what the hell? <laughs> it's just like I, I I didn't know how to react to it it's like John yeah. Malkovich with boobs like that was <laughs> very good special effects for that um, yeah I thought that was done well like it, it's Especially pretty seamless 20 though years ago. Yeah. yeah like that's a they had to nail just that once you nail that first shot you can kind of get away with all the masks that are in the background and stuff like that but um it's like, that looks so good, but, like, bald Charlie Sheen looked really weird. Like, his forehead was way too big. Well, I, I think, think that, that was I mean, a joke. That, was, that, that, that had to be just, a joke, right? Yeah. I hope so. Yeah. But, I mean, it's def- that was more of a, like, that was a prop, like a wig, right? That wasn't. Oh, for sure. So he was probably just, you know. Didn't it's even, like, usually you can make like, things look pretty normal. It's like, this it, looks yeah. like it's clearly just resting on top of someone's hair. Yeah, it's like he probably <laughs> didn't even, like, get a cut or, like, style it flat. It was just like, yeah. nope, we're going as is. Okay. Like, I love how dated this movie was because it's like, he's in it. And then, like, the who's who and the documentary thing at the end is, like, Hanson and Andy Dick. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which <laughs> I did, like, I did. There. I love the scene where Cusack inside Malkovich is, like, basically telling his agents, like, I want to be a puppeteer. Okay, yeah, I'll, like, uh, I'll make some calls and we'll uh, we'll get that going then. And I, I thought there was, was a... going to be like some what, but he just rolled with it, and then I was like, what? <laughs> like back in the day was well, like even now, like I don't feel like I got into any movies that John Malkovich was in till like way way later in the Con game, Air. like Red Con Air. or something. Yeah, Con Air it's was like, a thing for. Well, see, most I haven't seen bo- that. Most, Cyrus most boys the Virus. In the 90s. Was he that big of an actor to be this role in this movie? I I think so. I mean, he had he he was successful, pretty damn successful. Wasn't early he the, in the late eighties and nineties? Wasn't he the jewel thief in that one movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I think he was big enough. He was just the right... Tom Cruise would, would just made the movie even... Like, going that big <laughs> would have been... I don't know. Maybe he, that was just the right amount of fame for Malkovich at this point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a lot of his stuff. Like, pre- I'm just looking through his IMDb page for the stuff that came out previously. To this. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen any of it. When was um, Con Air? 94, 5, probably. Mm. 
I thought it was 97. Con Air is also one of the best guilty pleasure movies ever made. Just throwing that out there. It's not a guilty pleasure. It's just it is. good. 97. Boom! Called it. I feel like I listened to an episode of How Did This Get Made about Con Air and it sounded ridiculous. Oh, it is. <laughs> oh, it's in ridiculous. Every, in every way. It is. But it's a movie that knows how ridiculous it is. Oh, yeah. It is. Well, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Oh, what, what's Nick Cage's character's name? Oh, my God. It's something so good. Hold on, hold on. Um, it, Nick, where are you, Nick Cage? These are not in alphabetical order. I wanted to say Caster Troy, but that's the wrong. That's Nick the Cage. rock. That's Cameron that's Poe. No, oh my Caster God. Troy is Face Off. Oh, yeah! <laughs> Lauren, have you seen Face Off? Please tell me you've seen Face Off. I have, but it was like, like I don't remember it. That That's another movie that's so confident in its own, just like, ridiculousness. Definitely I feel like there it. was behind-the-scenes video recently circulated, or circling around about that movie. Just watching <laughs> Nicolas Cage perform was ridiculous. Oh, it is. It's always ridiculous. He's Nick Cage. This is true. Cusack, we talked about Cusack. I, he does get a little underrated, I feel like, for how low-key he plays it. And, and he's, like, he's almost he's, like a supporting character as opposed to a main character. Mm-hmm. And he's so absurd, though, even when he gets really angry and kind of evil. Was he kicked out of the... I feel like they, there was a deleted scene where he got kicked out of the house. Because when he was hiding in the house with the gun that he magically found. Oh, in the apartment? Yeah, in the apartment. Like, I feel like he was hiding because he wasn't supposed to be there anymore. It didn't matter. Like, it, I'm just... First of all, if someone was hiding under the table, no way the dog would not have been in his face the entire time. It's <laughs> <laughs> the worst hiding spot. Oh, I know what I was going to say. the I never realized, like, the documentary about what how his transition from puppeteering, like, the amount of inform- stuff that happened over an it's an eight month period yeah it's, it's like, like insane i was i never caught that joke and sean penn's just talking about how everyone's gonna start being yeah. a puppet Pupp- or puppeteer yeah. <laughs> yeah, sean penn is like yeah the, there's some great little cameos in there david fincher he's the theater critic that's interviewed in there as well as uh and then there was brad pitt they had their own little cohort of people i think brad pitt was also buddies with spike jones he did the episode of. Did you guys watch Jackass by chance? Uh, the original. I, have. I mean, not like, well, just like the show and stuff. Oh, yeah, probably not. Uh, so Spike Jones directed a lot of the sh- some of the spits in the show, and one of the best ones. There was two. There was one episode where Brad Pitt was on the episode, and uh, <laughs> that's crazy. He the the one bit was just Brad Pitt was in a gorilla suit with everybody with them, and they were just running down the street and wreaking havoc <laughs> as gorillas. <But> then, <laughs> The better one was they were, um, they, they're in line. They, the camera's in the van with, one of the cameras is in the van with the jackass guys and they roll up. And so like there's a queue outside a movie theater or something. And Brad Pitt's in line for the movie. And they're like, uh, they could have never pulled this off in a cell phone world. They're like, hey, you're Brad Pitt. And Brad Pitt's, you know, like, no, he's like, very politely acknowledging the guy waves like yeah 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 and then the jackass guys like say one or two more things like oh yeah 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 and they go get him and then they run out of the car and abduct <laughs> brad pitt and drive off in the van with him and the whole time brad pitt's like oh help me, help me! and they drive off with him and it was incredible <laughs> But I feel like yeah. you could get in a lot of trouble for doing. I know now yeah. they could never get away with it. In the late nineties, early 
I have yeah, I have a vague recollection of hearing about that. <laughs> I feel like, but um, I'd suggest that was another way Spike Jones has clogged up his uh, IMDb with yeah. all those little kind of things. He needs to make a new movie. Like he, I really, I love, love, love all four of his movies, and it's been like almost six years. I think her was in twenty fourteen. I need a new Spike Jones movie. Um, that's all I got for being John Malkovich. I don't think there's anything I forgot. I just want to talk about how Malkovich at one point does that dance. Oh, yeah. In a towel. And it's like, they're yeah. so, we were just talking about how great, like, the CGI stuff was mm-hmm. for the, um, Malkovich Malkovich scene. And then you have moments where it's like, they show Malkovich doing a backflip and it clearly is someone else who is super <laughs> muscular or muscular doing the backflip. It's like, oh goodness. <laughs> but it's like he loves his somersaults. He had him doing them as puppets mm-hmm. from the beginning. Yeah, I like that. I love that callback to that. It's such a weird yeah. dance. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Catherine Keener's character like is very into it. Yeah. It's like she... It's so weird. Her character kind of does a turn where she's just so over everything in the beginning mm-hmm. and just so put off by everything. And then she's just like knee deep in it at the end, loving everything. It's so weird. Well, I also well, I think that's if... why that's why I think she should have suffered as much as almost as much as. Well, uh, I mean, she's eventually going to when her daughter a... is no longer her daughter. But it was like <laughs> it was one of these like, you know, she was egging both of them on. In a sense, you know, it's like she, when she found out it was Cusack, she's like, oh, I'll just hang out with him. And she did that for eight months, you know. Mm-hmm. Then she, I was so surprised that it's like she never went into Malkovich. No. You would think the, you would do it at least once to see what it was like. She didn't, she didn't really care about a lot of things. <laughs> she was just happy to make her money. That's yeah. true. I think it fit her don't give a shit character attitude. That's true. But you got anything else you get? I think I think I've exhausted all my what so yeah. <laughs> but you're you, you've come out on the positive side with this movie. Yeah, I think the ending like I would have said great, but the ending really hurt it. So I'm like good. So like three out of five, three point five out of five. Yeah, I'd say like three and a half out of five. Yeah. Is nice. the ending bad? Do you think, or do you just yeah. wish it would have gone a different way? I think the ending is bad because okay. it seems to punish one character while the others prosper, which I just. But, like, I mean, the whole movie does that, so it's fitting. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just didn't jive with me, at least then. Um, that's going to do it for being John Malkovich. Someone look up our next movie. I forgot Is it? To it? it. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's what? <laughs> that's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be reviewing, what's that guy's name? Derek Machetti? Is that his name? Eddie Machetti? Machete. <laughs> Shit, I should know this. Uh, Andy Machete. I said Andy, didn't I? Did you? Oh, I didn't hear you. Andy Machete's follow up to It, It Chapter Two. Is that the name mm-hmm. of the movie? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, which takes us back to Dairy, as the uh, advertisements say, and stars a bunch of grown-up versions of everybody, all the kids of the Loser Club. As well as some flashbacks to their past as well. The new faces, the big three are James McAvee, Bill Hader, and Jessica Chastain. McAvee. What did I say? You said McAvee. What is it? Isn't it McAvoy? McAvoy. McAvoy. Yeah, you're right. 
Bill Hader. I'm excited for Bill Hader. Bill Hader is the most positive word I'm hearing about this movie. And uh, Isaiah Mustafa is there for uh, Ben's ringtone, our text tone. Which I'm sure, well, you've heard in the background once or twice. Poor John. He can't go back to Derry, though. It hurts his tummy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that was... This... (laughs) <laughs> this crew, as a whole, this crew gave the first movie a thumbs up. Pretty emphatic, right? I think everybody loved the first one, or is that yeah, taking it so. too far? Yeah. I did not like the first movie. I don't even remember anything about it. Or you should probably watch it again before the I second might, one. Then I might rewatch it, but part of me wants to just kind of go in cold and see if how that works. Like, how much do you think I'm really going to have to know about the? I gave the first movie three stars, so I didn't think it was terrible. Maybe I just have the negative feelings because I was counter balancing you guys talking. It's about possible it. that happens to me also, from time to time. You were also pretty pretty bitter about not not it not being a Carrie Fukunaga. Yeah, I didn't. I wasn't too worked up about that. I thought the movie. I remember the movie looking good and being well directed. Was, was I upset? I think Except I wanted the to dancing s- camera work. <laughs> I wanted to see the extended cut, I think, was where I landed on. Like, it felt like a chopped up movie. We talked about, what is it, Maturin? Whatever the fuck that is. What? The the turtle. Oh, no. I don't know anything about the turtle. You don't Um, want to know about the turtle. (laughs) I'm really worried. I mean, it's still not as bad as the sex train. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. I'm just worried that the turtle is going to show up, and I don't want the turtle to show up. I mean, he did. He was in the lake when they jumped in, or the river. I'm okay if that's the extent of turtles in these movies. Although there was also a Lego (laughs) turtle, I'm pretty sure. What do you have a problem with this turtle? Isn't it like an interdimensional being? But like, it was like it was like God or something. Yeah, it's basically. A turtle gets a stomach ache. You just think it's too powerful. Well, it's like a turtle gets a stomach ache. Blah! Creates the universe. It's afraid of it. And it just shows up. It's like, yo, kid, I'm going to teach you how to, like, do this thing with your mind. Yeah, it's one of those moments where you're like, this must have been one of those drug-fueled thoughts yeah. kings. <laughs> yeah. Is that supposed... Would that come into play? Like, one of these kids is going to remember that, the, like, they were repressing their interaction with this turtle? Mm-hmm. It would feel out of left field if it happened. Yeah, because yeah. didn't... I mean, I didn't get up to the finale of the book. I stopped reading about the turtle. Once I I heard about the turtle, Zach's going to be like, the turtle's the best part. Mm -hmm. Sounds about right for me. Um, (laughs) Teaches the kids the way of the ninja. (laughs) So come back next week for It Chapter 2. Until then, I'm Zach Oldenburg. You can find us wherever you can find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find me wherever you can (laughs) find at Zach Oldenburg. You can find us at middleofrow.com, on Twitter at middleofrow. Uh, you can also rate and review this podcast. Apparently that helps things. And remember our hashtag, know the. I'm Ben Grigsby. You can find me on Twitter and Letterboxd at the Grigsby Bear. And you can follow all of us on Facebook at Middle of the Row. And I'm Lauren Highboy. You can find me on Twitter I think on Letterboxes it as well. Everywhere of trees. And you can find us on Tumblr at middleofrow.tumblr.com. Thanks for listening. Go watch it chapter two. And remember, the best seats are in the middle of the road.